Alrighty, let's try take two. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Slice of Pie, the Tom Berry podcast. I'm one of your wonderful hosts, Kisara, the resident jack of all trades of Tom Berry Pie on Gilgamesh. And I'm Drez. I am the resident monk in Tom Berry Pie for the podcast. And luckily, we actually got someone in just now to uh, to help with the stream. Show came along. Hooray! Howdy. So, yeah, we got a lot of things to cover with uh, Stormblood coming up very soon. Uh, we want to go over some of the meetings that we've had, uh, the officers, since uh, we've been having weekly meetings to make sure that we're truly ready for Stormblood. And we also want to make sure that we're all up to date on all the different uh, news that we got from both the media circus, I'll call it, and the uh, Q&A that we got at E3. So let's uh, get rolling with uh, the FC News first. We've got uh, what is key right now is the stance on spoilers. Uh, we posted up our stance on spoilers because obviously we don't want anybody to be spoiled in the announcements channel of Discord. But if you don't frequent our Discord, then we'll go over for you right now. So what we consider to be a spoiler is, well, let, let me start from a, a different perspective. What we don't consider to be a spoiler is any information or official reveals from Square Enix. Keynotes, patch notes, anything on the official website for the, the expansion. Um, that includes the dungeon and trial names. Uh, anything that's been released on Twitter or Facebook. All that stuff is not considered a spoiler so long as it was released before uh, early access of Heaven's Word. Anything else Blood. beyond that? Oh, in Storm's Blood. i sorry. Yeah, in Storm's Blood. Anything else beyond that will be considered a spoiler, and we would prefer you to take it either to a private tell in-game or use our uh, spoiler channels that we have set up. Uh, you can check in in Discord in the opt-in list um, section of Discord. You can check to see uh, what level of spoiler you're at and to add that tag to yourself in Discord. So you can go ahead and start chatting away in a private section so that we, we don't spoil everybody going forward in Storm's Blood. Yes, and we do have voice and text channels split every two levels. So level 62, 64, 66, 68... And then a full spoilers channel for once level 70 is hit. So if you only want to be able to discuss up to where you are in the story, there is a place that you're able to do that. We just ask that everybody respect what channel they're in and don't speak of anything that happens after that point. Also keep tabs of where you are in the channels because we don't want somebody to accidentally jump into a spoiler channel um, and get spoiled when they didn't want to. So the other big thing that came from the most recent officer meeting is we came to a realization that while we do have um, rules in place and punishments in place for when you know someone transgresses said rules, we really have nothing that would apply to an officer in in any way in any real sense because 
being officers were the kind the same kind of punishments that we kind of can hand out to the members if they if they act up etc applying them to us doesn't quite follow i don't know if that am i using the right words to address pretty much as officers we need to be held to a higher standard than we hold everybody else in the fc and we don't want anybody to feel that if they have an issue where they feel an officer is breaking rules or is targeting them or anything like that we don't want them to be afraid to come to the rest of us and say something uh, so we do have in place now a way to punish officers who are found to be breaking the rules and are found to be doing stuff that does not befit the title of officer so don't be afraid to come and speak to us if you have any issues with any of the other officers you can come to any of us you know me, Kisara, Boomy, Show, L, Magnus, any of the officers in the FC, and we'd be. Able and to you have no that. idea how much we have disagreements like crazy. So you know, if you're having an issue with one officer in particular, doesn't mean that any other officer will dismiss your claim out of hand. There, there might, you know, obviously we'll all look into it uh, regardless of you know who's the one perpetrating, whether it be a regular member or whether it be someone else entirely. Yeah, your concerns do not go ignored. They are definitely heard and they are listened to. Okay. So I think that was about it from FC in particular that was uh, super special. Um, The only other thing with the FC is still the one-year anniversary is coming up. That's actually in 11 days from now on the 25th. So keep your eyes out. Probably going to be some cool events going on to celebrate that. Yep. Uh, reminder that obviously we've got early access starting at uh, 2 a.m. Pacific time. That's 5 a.m. Eastern this Friday the 16th. And the actual official release date for people who either didn't pre-order or for new players uh, will be on the 20th. That would be next Tuesday. Um, other than that, we don't have anything very specific or like anything else. Like the live letter that we, we were expecting to get a lot more information than we ended up getting. Uh, there was some misinformation that got floated to us of possibly getting uh, uh, preliminary patch notes, but I guess, and and this honestly makes more sense in hindsight, that the preliminary patch notes will probably come out once the game is down. That way, you know, people don't start flood, uh, rushing markets for stuff that they see in the preliminary patch notes and such. But um, what we um, will do is we ended up uh, getting Zygus on uh, and recording on Monday because we wanted to, to, to be able to talk about the stuff before, you know, any kind of release happened yesterday at E3. Again, as we were expecting those preliminary patch notes to come out, but when they didn't, you know, obviously all this stuff is now super relevant still, and we probably could have done it on Monday. <laughs> but I'd rather not get the rug pulled out from under me as twice in a row we've gotten a huge amount of uh, information drop from something that happened right after our podcast. So I just, I made an executive decision to delay the podcast and get us up and rolling uh, after the Q&A so that we could make sure we have the best information for you uh, at the time of the podcast. But 
we invited Zygus and we had the full cast of characters, and yes, I'll call us characters, um, available uh, for uh, the recording uh, session that we had. And uh, what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and uh, play that recording. I'm going to say it's a recording again so that you know you guys understand that this thing is it's set in stone. We're not going to be referencing anything that you guys say in, in either using a hashtag PiecastXIV on Twitter or into the podcast discussion. But uh, please, we'll definitely uh, keep track of those nonetheless and, and probably discuss it after we're done in the, with the recording proper. Okay? So without further ado, here we go. Welcome, Zygus. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, glad to be here. We got Zygus here so we can even out as much as we can, considering five is not quite an even number. Uh, the different roles for um, the changes to said roles that are coming up in Stormblood. We've got a lot of salt being thrown around in all different kinds of directions from the past two weeks. Uh, right now we're recording on the Monday. Uh, before the preliminary patch notes come out, so we're doing it based on what we've seen from the media event as well as uh, the Famitsu interview, which there's been a huge amount of discrepancy, apparently, between the two sources. But at the end of the day, I think that the, uh, the major... The major change just probably is mostly due to different builds. Like Famitsu got one build and the media uh, event out west got a different build. Not sure which one's newer or older because no one seems to know uh, which one was given out first. But I want to make the assumption that that was the the biggest uh, amount of... uh, change is probably just purely due to that i don't know if you guys think any different i've definitely noticed some of the confusion just between different times different percentages on all the different stuff and it's probably just different from builds that everyone's getting to see i mean half of the 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 issue is with that because i know that in particular we've got arcanists and their aether flow that in the Famitsu said 10% MP would be given back as opposed oh to the God. usual 20%. But the uh, tw- um, the stuff that Miztech had put up there was uh, still on the 20%. And she was at the media uh, outlet. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Casters and healers are both getting uh, White Mage's Shroud of Saints. So reducing it would actually kind of make a little bit of sense. Well, there's that. But I think that the reason why Shroud of Saints got put out is the casters is a whole different deal. But let's let's actually go uh, roll to roll on that one before we get any further. Um, in particular, the most amount of salt that was been thrown around has been closer to White Mage currently uh, and healers. So I guess, you know, I'll go over being the resident scholar for our group here, the kind of changes that were going on. Most of the changes seem to revolve around a lot more healing going out. Because in particular, the two moves that I'm thinking about with scholar 
are you've got the 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 fairy hot that's that's gonna happen with uh, using the fairy bar, um, and you've got oh, what is the name of that one move? The set it and forget it lustrate. Wait, what? Set it and forget it lustrate. That's what everybody's calling it. Uh, that is. Uh, give me two seconds and I'll find it. Uh, ex ex cogitation. Cogitation. Ex cogitation. Something like that. What a what a name. No. <laughs> yeah, some of these names this time are a little bit crazy. To get to do much detail on every single thing cuz number 1 it seems like we're we're switching between um cuz we're going to get new traits as well. Uh so getting into details beyond the fact that we know that some of these things are going to change in in degree even if not by not mechanic. Um but excogitation basically will give a party member essentially what is a free lustrate below 50%. And uh, so I can just kind of throw it on you, uh, wait until you hit 50%, and then you get healed like if you got hit by a lustrate. So I don't have to do anything, and it doesn't even use up Aetherflow stacks. So It, do- it, does, it's, oh, okay. it does use Aetherflow. The information I have doesn't have that. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I guess that makes sense. Oh, yeah, only available under the effect of Aetherflow. I'd see that there now. Okay. All right, I guess that makes sense. But either way. Yeah. Well, even, yeah, even doing that, it's still going to be an advantage, especially for healers who like to DPS a lot. They're not going to have to worry as much about, oh, no, the tank's dropping down. They're going to die. Well, we already don't have to worry that much because we don't have to worry about being stuck in a stance anymore. Cleric stance now has been pulled off in uh, White Mage proper, been put on the rolls action list, and no longer switches int and mind since we have that mind thing that we mentioned in previous podcasts. Uh, particularly, it increases the attack magic of um, uh, the attack potency by 5%. So That's not very much of a buff. No. Think he'll even take that? Oh, yeah, because basically since it's scaling off... Um, Scaling off mind now. Before we didn't even have any buffs. Period. So basically, we would just switch to intelligence, and the intelligence was the damage. Now we don't have to switch to intelligence. Mind is the thing where the attack scales off of, and we do have a buff of some kind, five percent. It's not a huge. Buff, I mean, but, you know, they've been taking away everyone else's buffs, so I, I think that's a pretty big thing. Um, actually, uh. Cleric Stance was a 10% buff on attack magic, as well as reducing the potency of healing magic by 20%. And that's on top of the swap. That's the current Cleric Stance. New one is only going to be a 10, uh, 5% buff. As it stands. So it is a little bit of a okay, nerf. But yeah, but the nerf is not major by comparison. I mean, to be fair, it's all kind of relative. Like, if you're in Cleric Stance all the time, the 10% buff becomes like Effectively zero percent, but you never have that. I, I double clicked anymore. But uh, going back to what I'm originally getting at here, with between that, the way that cleric stance works, so you're not accidentally getting hit in that uh, phase. The uh, Fey Union is what that uh, very hot is for a scholar in particular. Um, I'm honestly thinking there's going to be a lot more outgoing damage than people are giving it credit for right now. Everybody's saying that you know White Mage brings nothing to the group, but if White Mage actually brings nothing to the group, then you're doing it based upon current damage output. 
which I don't think is going to be the case, considering how much extra healing we're going to get. We have that, and then not only that, but forget about uh, Lucid Dreaming, which is what they're renaming um, Shroud of Saints. Presence of Mind uh, got switched to Largesse, I think, and uh, Largesse does a healing potency magic. Increases healing magic potency by 20%, but everybody gets it. Or has the opportunity to get it, to be very clear. Scholars and, and Astros never had access to such a thing. It was only for white majors. Now everybody does. So that tells me that more than likely the damage output going forward will be a lot higher. Um, so we're going to have to heal a lot more things. A lot more things. I have a feeling it's going to be to the same tier as under, trying to undergear A1 Savage, you know, like, but without the, the heavy DPS check on top of it, you know, at least that's my assumption is that the DPS check will be gone, but the healing check is going to be a lot higher. Well, I prefer that kind of style more where it's more healing and less of the healers having to DPS. I know everyone likes the DPS side of healers, but Reality-wise, it should be more focused on healing. I mean, yeah. I mean, they got... You want to hear some basic speculation for healers? I think they're uh, they're going to... Like, if you look at the role actions for all the classes, a lot of, like, the, uh, the range DPS and melee DPS and even the tanks all have moves that are, like, cleanses debuff, cannot be used on self, um... So this is a thing where I go, wow, if they're giving this to everybody, you know, certainly they're going to give a lot of debuffs and fights. That'll be, oh, people are heavy. Oh, we got to assume that or uh, use something else to take that off so they can actually do mechanics now. I'm really curious about why all the casters have a version of Tribind. Like, yeah. of all the skills to actually, keep. But, but before we get on to, to casters there, Boomy, just because this is another thing that we do share, um... Surecast. Surecast still does its original thing of, you know, next spell is casted without interruption, which kind of was useless for the most part. But they now include that it nullifies sleep, stun, knockback, and draw on effects. So basically, it's an even more powerful version of, um... What's that paladin technique again? The freaking... Tempered Will. Tempered Will. Tempered Will. Tempered Will with plus the stun and sleep uh, nullification. I mean, my first initial reaction would be, oh my god, that would be great in PvP. <laughs> but it's not going to be in PvP. Yeah. It might. Oh, it yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's not there for PvP, you can't is what I'm trying to say. Basically. Yeah, but the fact that it's there for PvE content makes me think, well, this is going to be something people have to use for, yeah. uh, for debuffs, because maybe that's where they're going to take the game. And yeah, so there's a lot of melee DPS abilities that just seem out of place in the way we know PvE content as it is. It's kind of hard to see any place that they would have a use. I mean, so I agree with the sides. Maybe we're going to have a lot more stuff that needs to be cleansed off to be able to do there's mechanics. That, and there's also the fact that there's almost every single move that applied an extra debuff to the boss, with the exception of obviously Virus getting repurposed, they all got removed. You had Miasma. Miasma 2 is gone, period. Miasma no longer does the um, infirmary and, and, and slow. I know that, obviously, um, 
there, there's a bunch of them that their 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 debuffs got like removed. Rage of alone no longer gives strength down. The thing with the warrior storms. So I think it's more focused on what you're I mean, taking than what you're giving at this point. Overall, I've been seeing a significant like just reduction in like uh like dots and status effects just in all the classes. Like I think uh Warrior, Paladin, and Dark Knight all lost the dot that they could put on an enemy. And like summoners losing a dot, I think it's like kind of leaving more room for more buffs to go up. Yeah, I, I guess. know that I was having this conversation not too long ago in a Dunscape. It's like I hope that the server move slash upgrade makes it so that I can see my freaking dots on, on bosses. And then they brought up, well, there's going to be less dots overall. I was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. yeah that's true. But uh, considering that my scholar doesn't change too much, what change in particular on uh, Summoner, Boomy, uh, as far as additions and subtractions, considering we share the same base class? <laughs> I mean... Like, what, what do you mean by that? I mean, there's going to be some things that you and I both share. Like, both of us now get... I've always had the intention... Uh, the enhanced intelligence, and not the enhanced mind that, you know, both uh, White Mage and Astros get. But now, the base class gets both. We'll get both enhanced intelligence and enhanced mind. It does not give really a bonus to anything, because we're not doing anything when we flip. But, you know, as far as the... Uh, hey, maybe my... Hmm? Maybe my physic might actually do something now. A little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Will you even be able to take physic? Oh yeah, no! Part yeah. Of the Arcanist. So. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that um that uh will keep summoners in the party though they only got the only competition they'll have is from Red Mage, because of uh the res. Oh, for the yeah. But black mages are really the only ones that can just be like, here, have some mana. And n not give a shit because so Umbral Ice. <laughs> I guarantee you now, like, you ask uh, a summoner or a red mage, because that's red mages, like, red mage only has one form of mana regen. Like, hey, red mage, give me your mana. No, fuck off. Oh, sorry, language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, black mage would be the only caster without a... Uh, a res at that point, actually, now I think about it. Because the, all the healers do, and then, you know, Summoner and Red Mage do. So, that's interesting. I think probably by, by extension, they'll be like the monk of casters where they're just going to output like crazy. Well, even the monk isn't going to be the monk of melee DPS anymore. That role's going to be changed into yeah, Samurai. But we'll uh, we'll get to that in a moment. The, the big nerf, I think, that came to... Um, the Arcanist group in general is that Bane nerf. Just don't, don't talk about it. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was bound to happen technically, considering that they nerfed Flare, they nerfed Holy to the same degree in 3.0. It was bound to happen at some point, depending on what was going on. But I don't know why they they nerfed Bane basically doubly by removing Bio because you're improving it to Bio two and then Bio three later. But the, and well, keep my asthma, but that's all you can bane. Isn't that a nerf that mostly affects, you know, dungeon runs? Part, but, you know, or, it still affects yeah. something. I mean, I can't think of too many bosses where they're like, here's six ads, have have at it. Uh, oh, you, did you forget A12S with the, uh, the... 
I know there's those eight guys. That's that's one phase. That's one so tiny phase. Bane is nice know, right in, there. In a, isn't a... <laughs> Between that and Death Flare. Fights like ten and a half minutes. <laughs> granted. Um I'm trying to think of another one. And granted, you you you're still correct, it's dungeon, but it's still a boss of the dungeon. On Belsar's wall, the the, the mini things that all run toward the tank at that one moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And those are those actually output those a lot of freaking damage in that small amount of time. Yeah. If you're talking about AoE, all the tanks have none of none of the tanks have nerfed AoE at all. They're all just like all targets hit them all full damage. Oh. Did they nerf uh, Death Flare at all, or did they leave that one alone? Uh, no, it's still just okay. everything. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. No, nothing major change. Uh, the only thing is that Akmorn has that nerf to it. I wouldn't call it a nerf because we never yeah. had a, a version of it to begin with, but it does do that. Ten percent less, twenty percent less, thirty percent less, and etc. So, yeah. so now you can't call it Akmorn either. Now that I think about it, though, it's weird that it's yeah. different. You have Deathlord, you have Akmorn. <laughs> They're two separate things now. Doesn't Akmorn in Dravanian mean circle of death? I don't know. I haven't actually looked up the Dravanian language <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. We'll have to ask Grace Folger. <laughs> huh. I mean, we could go ask the Moogles. I mean, they've had to learn some Dravanian doing all the crafting classes and crafting quests. Hmm. Do you really want to go talk to the Moogles again? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like more dialogue choices where I can go tell them to go piss off about <laughs> something. But um, what else are we looking at here? Actually, speaking of some refreshing, because the virus part here... Because now, now the virus got split into two separate spots, and and casters only get half of it, basically. The stuff that affects mind and int. The virus is evolving! It's evolving, because now you only have half of it. Or the super... It's actually a better skill overall, though, because if you look, there is nothing to stop you from chaining it. So you could chain that and the melee version for as many of the melee or cast classes as you have. The problem is that I think the recast kind of kills chaining that forever. I mean, it's learning, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a good point. And going back to that Black Mage asking for mana with uh, the mana shift, between that and Lucid Dreaming, you have basically a mana pool out of a Black Mage that you can re request on a regular I mean, basis. I don't think black mages are even going to take yeah, lucid no, dreaming. Saying like even in like, like a down phase where maybe they forgot to do something, you know, where they can't, you know, get into umbral ice quick enough, something to that degree. But it's interesting uh obviously lucid dreaming is there for casters in particular for um reduction of generation uh enmity generation. That's why I think black mages will take it if anything. Yeah, maybe. But, by the same token, there's another one that reduces enemy generation, Diversion. So they technically have two of those. Pachostasis gets shared, which is kind of funky. Erase has the uh, removing a single dot on a party member. So more of that, you know, uh-oh. Dots we have to get rid of, uh, or debuffs we have to get rid of as quickly as possible. That's going to be weird. <laughs> I know not a lot of casters are used to having anything like that, like, I mean, it's going to get to the point already that um, I think most of the stuff that we're going to have to do is involving not just paying attention to our rotations, but paying attention to everything else, you know? 
I mean, I think that was kind of their goal with uh, just the rework as a whole. Yeah, statics are going to need a lot more raid awareness. You're not going to be able to tunnel vision as a DPS anymore. Well, the one nice thing from a, a raid leader perspective is that a lot of the classes have sort of shared things across all the role actions. So I remember doing like Prague and Alex Savage, and it would be like, okay, we need a silence here. Okay, our bard can do that. And we would just sort of have to wipe on the mechanic over and over and over again until our bard learned how to silence it every single time. And now, you know, tanks can get a silence, you know, if they don't have it already. You know, other classes can pick up, you know, heavies and flows and other things that are useful. So you can sort of spread out uh, responsibility, not so much based on what a particular job, like a bard or a warrior or, or a scholar can do, but say, okay, I need someone to do this. Who wants to do it? Okay, you take the action you need. Go ahead. It's true. I think that kind of lends itself to uh, kind of giving people more the opportunity to play what they want in raiding also to a certain I mean, degree. Because you've got a lot of shared uh, abilities between things. I mean, I was talking with Show about the uh, the bar changes in particular and, uh, you know, what what could be taken. Uh, Show, what, what in particular was uh, different on the bards? As for ranged DPS roll actions, we get Second Wind, which instantly restores your own HP, which means Machinist finally has a self-heal. Foot Graze, which binds the target for 10 seconds. Leg Graze, which inflicts the target with Heavy for 10 seconds. Peloton, which increases the movement speed of yourself and nearby party members so long as they remain within distance but cannot be used in battle, which basically is Swift Song. Invigorate, which instantly restores 400 of your TP. Tactician, which gradually restores your own TP and the TP of all nearby party members for 30 seconds, which is the role action version of the old army's peon from Bard. Refresh which gradually restores your own MP and the MP of all nearby party members for 30 seconds, which is the role action version of the old mage's ballot from Bard. Head Graze, which silences the target for one second. Arm Graze, which stuns the target for two seconds. Finally we get Palisade, which reduces physical damage taken by a party member by 20% for 10 seconds. Yeah, and your concern in particular with those um, the roll skills, right? Yeah, because we got a lot of the things that got carried over from the the bard, but now they can be shared across. I mean, that really opens my the only bard concern up to... is that looking at my cross class skills window with my current bard mindset, I only have one slot left if I do second wind, tactician, invigorate, and refresh. Second Wind and Invigorate are my mainstays from before, whereas the Priestorm Blood Bard in me says I absolutely need Tactician and Refresh for the TP and MP regeneration, but that might not be how it plays out in 4.0. Personally I'm torn between Head Graze and Arm Graze, but that is most likely going to be on a case-by-case -case basis, so we'll see. Yeah. 
That's what I'm. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the TP will be such an issue because now melees can take both goad and invigorate. So that seems like TP is going to be a lot nicer for them to get. Yeah, I kind of think it'll be a toss-up depending on how quickly... Like, if it's... If the... If the payon basically is going to be for you in particular um, versus, you know, sharing with everybody else, then the question is how quickly do you need your TP back? Because since one is a refresh, the other one's a direct, you know, quote-unquote heal to your TP. Well, it also depends on party composition and what everyone else is going to take. I'm sure there's going to be optimal sets depending on what other DPS you have and what tanks you have and what healers you have in your raid comp. Palisade seems seems really useful. Just give 20% uh, damage reduction to it. That's a tank cooldown. Here you go. Here's a tank cooldown. Palisade is going to be a definite tank for the most part. Uh, Well, depending on who else is in the party. I can see Palisade as a good use if there's a uh, like a prey mechanic coming out. Drop that on someone, and that'll help a lot with helping the healers yeah, out. And then ba- basically, it's it's a physical apocastasis, is what Palisade is. I really like the changes that they're doing with Barton Machine as in this regard. It really opens up both of the classes to really like I don't know have their own identity rather than having like mirroring skills. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff gets shared nonetheless. A lot of the the key things, which were the oh, for for Barda Machinist originally, like the 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 MP and TP refresh. I'm actually really excited for Bard. <laughs> but regarding the changes to Bard, the skills Hawksai, Quelling Strikes, Flaming Arrow, and White Volley have all been removed. Like with the other jobs, we have a new resource, Repertoire, to manage, which is generated and consumed by songs. Dots last longer in general. Repelling shot will not do damage now, so it's now purely a jump back, for better or worse. At level 64, we are getting Storm Bite and Caustic Bite, which are upgraded versions of Wind Bite and Venomous Bite respectively which will replace them. Faux Requiem now reduces all enemy damage dealt by 3%, while draining MP. It no longer reduces enemy magic resistance. Mage's Ballad, Wanderer's Minuet, and Army's Paeon are all completely different. They are now targeted spells that do 100 potency. It increases the critical hit rate of all party members within a radius of 20 yams by 2% for 30 seconds. Wanderer's Minuet no longer adds cast times to your abilities, and also allows execution of Pitch Perfect if critical damage over time is dealt by Caustic Bite or Storm Bite. It can be stacked up to three times. Mage's Ballad also resets the Blood Letter and Reign of Death recast time if critical damage over time is dealt by Caustic Bite or Storm Bite. Army's Paeon also grants Repertoire if critical damage over time is dealt by Caustic Bite or Storm Bite. It also increases damage dealt by 4% and reduces weapon skill cast time and recast time, spell cast time and recast time, 
an auto attack delay by 4% can be stacked up to four times. Battle voice is completely different. It now increases direct hit rate of all party members under the effect of your mage's ballad, army's peon, or wanderer's minuet by 15% for 20 seconds. Iron jaws can only be used under wanderer's minuet. The additional effect was also changed. If the target is suffering from a caustic bite or storm bite effect inflicted by you, the effect timer is reset. Imperial Arrow can now be used outside of Wanderer's Minuet. Yeah, they've got a whole list of stuff. I make major changes to Bard in particular, because they're the ones that kind of got hosed with the major changes in 3.0. I like the sound of the changes to Army's Pan. You know, you get the damage up that can stack four times to 16% damage up and 16% um, reduction on uh, weapon skill, spell cast, and auto but attack I think that delay. also gets used to, to do some other techniques, which probably uh, are major damage to begin with. Like the, they, you stack stuff, but those things you stack are executed much like Aetherflow stacks to do the, uh, some of the other techniques, if I remember correctly. Right, it's going to be a juggling game to see what you want to keep up at one time and when you want to spend it. Mm -hmm. Probably. But to get those, you need to have crits on your dots, right? As well as the so, song being up in the first place. Yeah. All these changes make me want to level up Bard. I think I'm going to stack with my melee DPS. Bard still seems a little bit too complicated for me. Just because it doesn't seem like everything has to kind of fit into that wildfire effect. <laughs> the new wildfire is a uh, warrior. <laughs> if you want that, yeah. Essentially, I mean, the stuff to bar machinist makes a lot more sense to see them in a a true support role. You know, it's not. Anything lighter like that. It's it's definitely support versus, you know, a DPS that happens to do support. Yeah, I think they're trying to actually make them into a true support class now. Here's here's a question though. This kind of goes back to the salt with white mages, is are you going to even want a true support? You know, if if other classes can give TP or MP, are you going to say, Oh well, oh we need that support? EPS because they give us uh, these things, or are we going to say, oh, well, oh, well no, the we, thing don't, is that, we don't want them, we just want someone who well, does more damage. the thing is that you've got, some of that support is a debuff to the, the enemy, to which they, they now take more damage. Remember how in in three, in Heaven's Word you would want to have a Dragoon paired with a Machinist for that for that piercing buff, and, and don't forget, you know, uh, Litany. Like, even if you didn't have a Machinist, forget about that. You know, you'd still want a Dragoon for Litany if you could. So having any kind of thing that helps the party as a whole do more damage, even though they don't do as much damage themselves, I think is going to still be very uh, very desired. Yeah, with the Bard songs, 
even though it's only a two percent crit buff, it's still nice to have that. I mean, completely. I completely forgot to mention back when I was talking about Scholar, but they also have that crit buff directly to the boss that they picked up as well, uh, which basically makes them. While nothing else in their kit got added, anything crazy, that's what's giving them the edge over White Mage because they have that ability, where White Mage is just pure heals. So that's why I think that you know, you may not want both technically. Uh, it depends on you know what we're gonna see going forward, but at the very least, you would at least want one just because of what they can bring. Summoners getting something similar as well with devotion. Devotion. Yep. Increases attack potency and healing magic potency of all party members within a thirty alm radius by five percent, and reducing and reduces. Damage taken by those fire members that also by brings 5%. up my point again that there's going to be more outgoing damage because there's a lot of those techniques that is going to mitigate damage from non-tank characters, non-healer, non-healing characters too. Was there anything like that on Monk there, Dress? Well, Monk doesn't really have anything that's going to be helping with other people taking less damage. Uh, basically, the big changes to melee DPS. The roll actions that everyone's going to have, second wind, just the heal, 500 potency, that may change. Um, arm's length, which creates a barrier on yourself to slow any attackers that hit you. I see that being more useful in PvP than PvE, just because of how all the bosses seem to be immune to slows. There's also leg sweep, so we'll get a stun. Finally, Monk will be able to take Diversion and reduce the enmity that we generate just by doing something other than stopping attacking. Uh, invigorate and Goad so we can bring back our own TP and the TP of everyone else. Bloodbath so we'll be able to heal a little bit. Faint, that's the other half of what Virus got split into. It's going to lower target strength and dexterity. Then there's Crutch, which will remove Bind and Heavy from a target party member other than ourselves. So that ties into what Zygus was saying. We may see a lot more Binds and Heavies going out. And then the final uh, roll action that we're going to get is True North, and that nullifies all action direction requirements, which is going to be really nice on Monk and on Dragoon, even Ninja too, because we won't have to worry about what direction we're hitting from. By the same token, I'm not sure how often it'll be taken just because, you know, that never – it's gotten to the point where not hitting your positional requirements has not been a detriment other than not having maximum amount of damage. That That is a detriment. That is detriment. Well, it's not the same thing as the original uh, setup for, for, like, heavy thrust where if you didn't do it from the right positional, you didn't get the bonus damage. I don't – or yeah, the, the, the buff, still... I should say, not the bonus damage, the buff. Yeah. You still want to do max DPS. So if the boss like if you're in a situation where you have you have to attack the boss from the front or something for a little bit good skill. Yeah, monks are also going to really want it because of our abilities now. Uh with our new thing, we'll be gaining chakra every time we crit. So, we'll be able to get more forbidden chakras in through a fight. So, being able to do boot shine from the front of a boss and still get the guaranteed crit will help yeah, a lot the only with one that. That I'd give 
uh, True North for is just that crit, guaranteed crit. There are some other interesting potential party synergy abilities that Monk's going to get. Um, just the main stuff that only helps us, really. Uh, all of our fists now also have a riddle ability. Um, fists of Wind now has Riddle of Wind, which gives you a second shoulder tackle, basically. So you'll be able to do one shoulder tackle, then immediately hit another one if you have Fists of Wind on. It gives you the stun and everything. With Fists of Earth, you can get Riddle of Earth. If you cast that, you'll get Fists of Earth on you, and if you take any damage while it's active, you get Earth's Reply, which is going to reduce your damage taken for a period of time and also extend Grease Lightning duration to maximum. So you'd probably want to cast that, and when a boss goes immune and your Grease Lightning's about to fall off, it'll immediately buff it back up so you can kind of withstand the time in between. My favorite new ability, though, is Riddle of Fire. Uh, the numbers seem to be a little different from the different sources, but it's definitely a damage buff somewhere between 20 and 30% from what I'm hearing. And the only downside is it's going to increase our recast time. So instead of being really, really fast like we've been, it's going to slow us back down a little bit during that time. So it's going to be interesting to see if maybe instead of balance, we might want to get Arrow from an Astro during Riddle of Fire depending on what's going to give us more of an overall DPS buff. Yeah. But it, as Yoshi P said during the other live letter, it uh, doesn't look like it's going to change too much. You just get those little bonuses out of the riddles. Yeah, the little bonuses and then our uh, our utility buff at level 70, which is Brotherhood. That one is actually going to make monks a little bit more desirable to bring it to a party because it's going to increase the damage of all party members around by 5%. Basically no longer selfish GPS. Yeah, although it is a selfish ability yeah, still. Just because it, just because uh, it applies to you it, too and uh, as long with everybody else doesn't mean that it's not so selfish, but by the same token, because it applies to everybody else, it makes it better than, say, Dragon Kick. Well... It's still selfish because the secondary ability of Brotherhood is while well, any party member is under the effect of it, when they execute a weapon skill, we have a 30% chance of getting a chakra. So if you think about it, normal party in a raid, you'll have two tanks, Monk, Dragoon, maybe a Bard. That's five people that are going to be feeding chakras to the Monk. Don't you generate your own stuff too so. from the level 62 trait? Yeah, every time we crit, we're going to generate the a chakra. Shine by, uh, will, should always give you a chakra back, and obviously, every, hopefully, some yeah. other crits will give it back to you as well. Right, so during Brotherhood, especially if we stack that with uh, Riddle of Fire, even a balance on top of that, we're going to be spamming Forbidden Chakra throughout that, which is going to be a massive burst DPS boof there. It's definitely going to be fun being a monk. <laughs> Maybe I'll play it. I do like proc-based DPS. <laughs> I don't know. Proc-based DPS is a little funky, but we'll see what happens.
we're still going to have our same way to be able to get chakras just by using meditation. This is just going to give us a way to recharge them during a fight without having to take some time to take some downtime. Yeah, what about them tanks though? The the lack of uh, strength going towards your your damage now that'll be a lot of reduction of damage. I'm I'm not worried about that. Well, no, only strength will go towards your damage. Yeah, sorry, vitality I, 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 I will knew not. one of and them also, disappearing basically. Yeah. And you're also locked into only using um, Vitality accessories by the new um, got class locks on accessories. So you can't can't ever buy the wrong thing, but it does mean that for all those tanks using the Alex Ring of Slang, sorry, it's going away. You have to get a new ring. Well, that's is, not going to be a big deal. Goes live. But but I worry about this less for tanks, just the loss of the Vit scaling, because tanks are. are Essentially, the the removal of accuracy and the removal of parry mean that every single stat, secondary stat on your tank gear is going to be um, damaged because you'll either have uh, crit, skill speed, uh, determ, or tenacity with the new stat, which gives, increases your damage and reduces the damage you take, which is what they really needed. They they defensive stats don't work in this game. At all, people do not like them. There's no reason to have them when you could just get more damage stats. So you you can't have any defensive stat unless it also gives you damage. So tenacity is going to be a fixed, guaranteed damage reduction. It's not going to be uh, face like parry. N- yes, it will. I think I believe it is flat percentile damage reduction. Of course, we won't know how it scales until we really get to play around with it come uh, come Friday, but. We'll see. I mean, that, that I, I really hope it's one of the best two stats for tanks. Um, because sort of, I mean, all DPS would have this where it's like, well, my best stats are, you know, like crit to term. Uh, so I really don't want any pieces with any other stats because I just want all crit to term on everything. So I, ho- I hope it's one of the best two tank stats or else we're still going to not like it. But uh, hmm. Hope it's up there. I mean, if you look at the the major tank changes, like if you look at the roll actions, well, the roll actions are kind of what you'd expect for tanks. There's a lot of um, there's two CC moves, low blow and interject, which are stunts, and there's a bunch of cooldowns: um, rampart from paladin, uh, convalescence from paladin, uh, anticipation from dark knight, reprisal from dark knight, awareness from paladin. Um, these are all very similar to what they had before. But the biggest change for, I guess, tanks is going to be that um, you have a lot more threat control than just provoke. Like, you're getting provoke as a roll action, but you're also getting an AoE provoke in the form of ultimatum as a roll action. So, I mean, I'm sure every tank's been in a situation where you just provoke the boss and then up you die to something and you got res, but you're still wiping because your provoke's on cool down for another 25 don't seconds. Forget, you also have Shirk so you there, can't too. Poss- <laughs> yeah, Shirk is, Shirk is the most exciting thing I'm most excited for because it's going to help with tank swaps. Shirk transfers 25% of your enmity to target party members. So it'll be great for um, not messing up tank swaps. Just, you know, here's Shirk. Uh, Shirk my tank as soon as he provokes. He has tons of threat. I can just go in the only DPS question thing. I have, because I'm not um, sure about all... the wording, is it an instant transfer of the enmity, or is it like uh, Shadewalker, where any extra DPS you're doing as you're swapping 
25% of that gets diverted towards uh, the, the other player. The way I'm reading it is it's an instant transfer, but if it is a delayed one, that's yeah, still the, the, then those, okay. Then those times they, where you're like, oh, I hit it one more time with Rage of Halone or some shit like that, it's not a big deal because 25% of that went to your, your mm-hmm. Gotenk. Yeah. Well, the, um, the other thing they kind of did with, um, well, for this mostly affected Warrior because Warrior had, um, uh, but like the Warrior combo was always do one of the main combos, but then do Butcher's Block because Butcher's Block did so much damage, but it had enhanced threat on it. Um, the problem was is that if even if you were off tank, you'd still be Butcher's Blocking for the damage, but because it had the enhanced enmity on the ability, you'd occasionally just like catch up to the tank if they weren't paying attention, you could like rip the boss. But they ended up making it so the uh, Storm's Eye um, is, well, the, well, the Storm's Eye and Storm's Path are going to be the main two combos, unless you're trying to build threat, which you're going to do with Butcher's Block. But the the Storm's Path, um, they increase the amount of Beast Gauge it gives you, the new Warrior thing, by, it gives you double Beast Gauge on a use. It gives you 20 Beast Gauge instead of 10, which is really important to doing um, some cool things with Warrior um, come uh, you want to know something blood. with with so. your new techniques there, Zygus. Uh When I saw inner release, I was just like, "Wait, did they take that off of uh, Monk in uh, internal release, and they just kind of put it on Warrior as a level seventy skill?" Nah. Internal release, inner release are two. No, I love I love inner release. It's great. It's great. Yeah. So the the main thing is with inner release is it's going to be it has a they changed berserk so berserk only has a 60 second cooldown but it also has which is you know 30 seconds off the current one but it instead of it being 50 percent attack damage it's 30 percent attack damage um but then it also doesn't give pacification so notice that you get every 60 seconds you get a berserk but every 120 seconds you get an inner release and inner release is um so it's similar to Tempered Will in that you can't be... It, most TCs are nullified when you use it. But it costs 20 Beast Gates to use. And it halves your Beast Gates consumption on skills. So Warrior's kind of ha- going to have the new Machinist thing where you have like the Wildfire, but then you also have the Mildfire as Machinists play currently, where you're going to have like a normal Berserk, but you're going to have a Mega Berserk with inner release every two minutes. So, and the, the nice thing about that is uh, you can get uh, you can get an Upheaval, which is the new 300 potency attack that does even more damage if you're at high health. Um, you can get one Upheaval and six Fell Cleaves every Mega Berserk. So... See what happens there. So the lower your health is, the more damage you're going to do with upheaval. And no, the higher a... the higher health is. So basically, more... you oh, use it for okay. the off tank position because you're not taking any damage that would put you too low. Yeah. I mean, you want you'd want to use it regardless, well, yeah, it seems but like it would that be with best in the off tank position. What were you saying there, Driss? Yeah, with Fel Cleave, it seems like that too, because you have to be in Deliverance to use Fel Cleave. You can. That is one thing is that you can still do a lot of stance dancing as tank from the from the patch notes that well, I as see. As warrior, anyway. Here, preliminary. Yeah. Well, 
Um, even as the other tanks, I think you can too. There isn't a lot of um, uh, reason to lock you. It's it's not like um, Shield Oath or Defiance and Grit are like, you must be in this to tank. And the other stance is, uh, the Sword Oath stance is, uh, if you're in this, you cannot tank because they just haven't set it up that way. So stance dancing is going to be a thing. Tanks still do. They're still going to tank a lot of the time in their DPS stance, even though they take more damage. They're still going to do it. Um, I mean, they could have they could have really neutered that, but that seems like something they wanted to preserve and keep. So there is one thing that I think is funny though. Um, Felcleave is not the highest potency attack that we're going to see in this expansion. Felcleave was from the last expansion, so there's that. But Fel- Felcleave, well, I mean, Felcleave's it's still a tank not... move, sir. It is. It's fine to to not be the hardest hitting move. I think there's a lot of warriors out there that would disagree yeah. with you, but you know, each to their own, I suppose. The they'll have to fight Samurai because Samurai has a 720 potency move. Yeah, that one hurts. And then there's an ability that's going to increase potency by, I believe it's 15%. Oh, no, 150%. So Samurai could use the 150% boost and then use their 720 potency move. Hit something around 1,200 potency, potentially, if that's the number state the same. 720 potency uses their little symbols. Oh, yeah, it's definitely the use up everything attack, but it's still going to hit for a hell of a lot. It's going to be interesting to see how quickly Speaking people of... pick the new class on, the classes up, though. I'm going Red Mage right from the uh, start. Go ahead, Zekas. Speaking of using up everything, the uh, the Paladin is actually the most improved Oh, yeah, thing, I think so as I well. Think, so. I, th- I think Paladin's yeah. got, like, the best... Like, as much as they lost a lot from uh, those going to roll actions, what they gained in change is huge. Yeah. I mean, they finally have an AoE weapon skill that does damage, which every Paladin has wanted, instead of just the Flash. Passage of Arms, to me, just sounds amazing. Beyond, beyond the fact they can I, block magic now. I'm not as hyped by Passage of Arms. I think it's going to be like a maybe once a fight you can... Like a Sacred Soil type thing? There'll be a situation thing. where you can use it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I think, like, if you think about it, like, okay, the Paladin has to be in the front, and then all the party members have to be behind them in their little zone of protection to get the damage reduction. Well, when does that happen in a fight? Well, maybe when the boss is doing yeah. their limit break, as long as they... As long as it's just a limit break and they don't CC you, okay? There's one limit break in the fight, you know? And then, oh, well, when's the other time you use it? Well, maybe you use it while you're, like, doing a shared hit tank buster and then you just have the off-tank stand behind you and get the get it just for them. But, I mean, that doesn't happen yeah. too much. Well, the the so. recast time is pretty it's, large, too, at 180. I mean, like, it's not... No, it's not... I think it's only 120. That's yeah, what, what I'm saying is 120. Here's 180. That's probably yeah. the uh, the build discrepancy. We'll see what happens when they announce in the uh, in the live letter tomorrow. I mean, live letter and patch notes. Yeah. I mean, I, even if it was 180, it's probably still going to get the same amount of usage. I can think of three points in uh, the Diab- uh, Diabolos fight 
in Dunscape where a paladin can use oh, the that. Big, yeah, the not the spirit bomb drops, but the pseudo ones in between, right? Yeah. Yeah. But then the question is, I, I guess that would still hold as like everything else that it only affects our party. It wouldn't affect anything else. Well, if you're looking, if you're looking for selfish uh, buffs, paladin certainly got that with um, uh, what they got because. Generally, do they keep their classic fight or flight, you know, uh, multiple for 30 seconds, and then you get to do multiple weapon skills, all buffed by 30% damage for fight or flight. But they have a new skill that they get at 68 called Requiescat, and it deals 350 potency damage. And that it uh, the potency is increased with higher MP, but if you are above 80% MP when you use it, it increases your attack and healing magic potency by 20% for 12 Actually, seconds. The one thing that I'm and this is more of a comfort thing, the fact that Royal Authority is going to uh combo off of freaking um Riot Blade now instead of Savage Blade. Well, that's actually you preempted me because that's important that it does that because I was saying Requiescat gives you attack magic potency 20% mm -hmm. increase. Well, what do Paladins do with that? Well, unfortunately at 64 they get a new spell called Holy Spirit, which is 430 potency nuke that they get. Costs 1400 MP, and they can use five of them all in a row, all buffed by Requiescat. And they can do that every 60 seconds. So Paladin is going to be a lot of... Uh, yeah, well, it's going to be a lot of use this, use five Holy Spirits, and now I go... I'm completely oom because I use all my mana. So now I get to do a bunch of riot blades to get back my mana so I'm full mana again one minute later and can do the same thing right again. But it, it, it's still, it's still... Also, if you're in a physical Sorry. fight, if you're in a physical fight, you could also use Sheltron because that'll bring part of your MP restored back upon the block. Well, actually, no. It doesn't have to be physical because they can block magic now. Well, no, Sheltron specifically is oh, physical yeah. block. Does, does, yeah. Did they specify that one here? Yeah. yeah, on the tooltips, it blocks the next physical attack, partial MP restored upon block. It's just going to cost a lot of their Oath Gauge. 50 yeah. points. Well, Paladins, um, like, if you look at the, the Beast Gates for Warrior, Warrior's constantly using Beast Gates to do offensive actions. The only actions that cost Oath Gauge for Paladin are defensive actions. So whenever they get it, they can just, you know, either throw out a um, intervention, which is a new skill that reduces part, target party members' damage taken, or they can just Sheltron. Mm -hmm. So, I think we've covered most of the uh, the major changes across the board. I mean, like obviously there's minor things here and there, but we're not really super versed on every single class. To be fair, and obviously we've never touched Samurai or Red Mage yet. We'll just have to see what comes of the. Uh... Well, like I said, I'm going Red Mage right from the get go. So, I'll let y'all know. Yep, we'll see what happens there. But... As long as they give me a nice hat with a large feather plume, I'll be following you there. Yeah. What, you don't want a Mons hat? What? Well, I think... <laughs> but then I have to go farm and that. It doesn't, uh, you wouldn't be able to wear it on Red Mage because it's uh, dex and not intelligence. I'm going barred. Yep. See, So's going to wear a Mons hat. He knows what's <laughs> up. I got to figure out what I want to do... <laughs> For DPS first, so we'll have to see. My plan is to level warrior, but I have a feeling that Paladin is going to be overpowered. 
So I may end up having to go back and take that from 34 where I have it now to 70. Just to well, the bright play. side there is with everybody going the new classes, you'll have no problems getting into dungeons <laughs> and getting your leveling done real easily. Oh yeah. Alrighty. Thank you for joining us uh, tonight, Zagus, and um, hopefully we'll all have fun going forward. Thank you for having me. Alrighty, and we are back, and we discovered a boomy. Hey. So, as was mentioned, that was recorded all on Monday. So we were hoping for some new information details, and we did get some, but not a lot. So let's go over some of that stuff. They talked about, uh, to start in the live letter, Susano. They showed us the, uh, the pools of, the, not pools, pool of tribute. Um, that's the name of Susano's area. It's got rain and walls, so we're not going to fall off, at least not in the normal mode. We'll have to see what happens. Other than that, the only other details we got out of that was that it's a level 63 trial, so it's pretty early on in the story. Uh, the swimming is going to be unlocked as soon as Stormblood launches. The actual just swimming on top of the water. In fact, they've added swimming to Costa del Sol and added a couple of islands there in particular so that you can actually swim there. And then also um, the diving, obviously, they showed off where you have to hit control space if you're on the computer. I don't even want to know what you guys have to click if you're on PlayStation 4. And place- Oh, wait. Just no PlayStation everything. 3. <laughs> but um, underwater there's going to be a distortion effect to make it feel like you're underwater but if it makes you motion sick you can always turn that off oh and also there's going to be active, new active help for you know the diving the turning this off and that off and so on and so forth that apparently Yoshi P who wrote himself so uh, he recommends you turn that on um, other than that let's see what else was mentioned there I will say those zones were massive the underwater zones they looked huge I'm curious just how much we're actually going to be able to do in those zones, though. I know in previous stuff we've seen that it's going to be, like, gathering classes doing stuff there, but have they said if there's going to be anything for battle classes? No. They've actually said there's no fighting in there So uh, while you're underwater, so that's probably what that is. In particular, it's just a, a crossing zone. But But they look absolutely massive, so I'm kind of confused as to why they would make them so huge but nothing to do except for gathering and gathering i guess that's about it what else would we be able to do in there yeah and then they showed off obviously a a lot of glamours in the eorzea collection um (laughs) using both you know current glamours and some new stuff in there uh a vietnamese looking glamour you know some stuff from what will be omega you know a bunch of different things and i'm actually super excited to redo some of my other glamours let me just say my favorite thing in the entire live letter was the otter otter. Oh, the little minion. That so minion adorable. is awesome. What about uh, Chloe? No. Otter otter's better. Team otter otter. Okay, okay. But okay, so then we got to the Q&A, and here's where some interesting bits came in. The first uh, question in particular was um, the question of why the odd number patches will only have one uh, dungeon where the even numbers will have two. And they mentioned that basically they want to reallocate their team efforts to 
instead of making more dungeons to bring maybe something else that's new to the table. Now, see, I, I don't think I'm a big fan of that just because they said they feel there's less people running the expert roulette in odd-numbered patches, which makes sense because more people are going to play during even numbers when there's more raids. But by taking away a dungeon and only putting one new one out, that seems like it may just exacerbate the problem. And there'll be even less people playing during the odd-numbered patches. I mean, that makes I some it, sense. I think it kind of opens them up, opens them up to do other things. Like, I, I used to play Final Fantasy XI, and one of the big things to do was uh, called, like, Salvage. It was kind of like a little, uh, kind of like Deep Dungeon in a way. Not, it, it, it's hard to explain, but, like, I, I'd like to see more, like, kind of like systems like that, that aren't dungeons, that aren't diadem that aren't raids just like i don't know more like procedurally generated like dungeons kind of agreed yeah we'll definitely see what happens it's all still up in the air i guess yeah it's still uh speaking of up in the air the next question was uh about the major white mage salt that's been flying around that we mentioned during uh the recording uh yoshida basically mentioned Wait, chill out until you get to max level, check out the raid, and see that, you know, we've tried to make it so all jobs are viable. But I know a lot of people who are still on edge just because just telling you that doesn't really assuage any fears if you have them already. I mean, I really hope he doesn't change too much. I've already bought a lot of stock in popcorn and potatoes, so I was hoping to have a free set of salt for those. (laughs) But, um... We'll have to see. I mean, from what he mentioned during the thing, my my theory during the recording of there's going to be a lot more uh, incoming damage seems to kind of hold. But we'll just have to see. The next question on that list was about the Glamour Log. And they basically said it's not definitely not going to happen anytime soon. They have been discussing it because their issue is the way that they would load the uh, the information. Correct. Just From, give us more space in the armoire. Yeah, but the the way that they described it, it seems super inefficient. But I assume that that's carryover from 1.0 where everything was super inefficient. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could potentially do it instead of having it where it's something that can be accessed in every zone. Because that's the only way I could see it being a crash problem. Just have it be only be able to be accessed in housing zones or in cities, similar to the uh, salvager NPCs where we can go and get achievement gear from. Or yeah. how Chocobos used to work entirely. Yeah. You know, I mean, they, they zones. said that their current solution would, would be looking at the uh, viability of how many times uh, giving an achievement for clearing certain raids or, or, or trials so many times, and then you could then buy the glamour piece, you know, for free from the community salvager or whatever. Just give us more space in the armoire. That'd solve everything. It would. It really would. Let's put, like, certain sets of gear from previous expansions in there, and bam. Raid gear, tome gear. That's pretty much it. So then, the next question was about the battle actions that are being streamlined from Heaven's Word to Stormblood. You know, some of the actions that we're losing entirely particularly Ring of Thorns, it was mentioned. And then uh, Yoshi P said uh, slash pole dance. 
because basically um, what they'll they wouldn't be able like the question was specifically could we like quote unquote glamour over these uh, old techniques onto the new ones like they look like the new one uh, the old ones but they you know the effect is whatever the new one was to which he said not really but we you know depending on 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 fan feedback we'll look at adding them back as as an emote of some kind slash pole dance no that shouldn't be too difficult for them to do i mean they've already got the animations made for every uh gender and every race so they just need to have a new cue to pull up that animation and get it playing yeah We'll just have to see if there will be any requirements, how long it'll take for people to bitch and moan until they do it. Uh, and the last question was talking about uh, flagging the servers as official role-playing servers, uh, the ones that you know have a lot of role-playing. <coughs> Balmung. <coughs> uh, actually, Balmung was actually used for an example as much as I'm doing the cough-cough. And they mentioned basically they didn't want to do it if only just because not everyone on Baomung as the example uh role plays not you know the majority does but not everybody does and then they don't want it so that people who don't role play but happen to be on those servers already get like the huge amount of backlash of toxicity from that community so they were kind of against because they said the marking that's the easy part we're trying to figure out if we should more than can we which i kind of agree considering the level of toxicity, not specifically from our peers, but just generally in the game that, you know, can happen when you're not doing what's quote-unquote normal for whatever, you know, you're on. The next big information that uh, came out was Yoshida gave the little post-launch schedule and when to expect Omega and Omega Savage. Um, As we know, June 16th, two days from now, it'll be early access. The 20th is when the official release of Stormblood hits. July 4th will be patch 4.01, and that's when the Bend of Time Omega will open. That's just going to be the normal version. Two weeks later, on July 18th, patch 4.05 will be the Bend of Time Omega Savage. Um, the Lost Canals of Uznair, which is an Aquapolis-style content, should be cool to see that. And then Allegan Tomestones of Creation, which will be the new capped tombstone, will be available. At the launch, there will be the Allegan Tomestones of Verity, which will be purchase the endgame gear, and there'll be the uncapped tombstone. And then we'll get the uh, Allegan Tomestones of Creation when the uh, Savage mode comes out. Yeah, they're doing the usual spacing out, as as was with uh, Heaven's Word, which I'm I'm kind of pleased with, especially with. Uh, the amount of stuff that'll probably be able to be done. Quick, we have 16 jobs to level in two weeks. 15. 15. Whoops. Man, that's a lot of jobs, and that I, I'm not. Does that count the uh, the gathering and crafting? No, 15 is just the battle. Ooh. Yep, it's, it's going to be busy. I'm, I'm going to suffer this patch or the, this cycle. Well, at the very least, everybody will have the artifact gear, because as soon as you hit 70, that's going to be given to you. It's not going to have to be bought with the uh, tombstones again, like last time. Yeah, no more of the... Uh, oh, I, I have... The, the latest gear I have is from the airy, and I just hit 60. Yeah, that'll be nice. It'll be like when everyone hit 50 for the first time in ARR. You're going to have a full set of gear. It's not going to be the best. There's probably going to be better stuff available, but... At the very least, you'll have something to get you going at 70. Yeah. 
And the other bit of announcement that came up is there's going to be a new world on the European server, Omega, but that won't get kicked off to be um, accessed until July 15th. What else was there? Oh, right. Basically, they're winding down the... um, Veteran rewards? Yeah, the veteran rewards. Sorry, I had my little one come over here, and I'm sure everybody listening heard that one. But um, yeah, the veteran rewards are getting kind of uh, rolled down. There's not going to be any more veteran rewards, and what they're going to start to do is basically campaigns. So the first campaign that's coming out is the Fly of the Falcon Mount campaign. So long as you are um, subscribed for 90 days during the campaign period, you will be able to get the Falcon Mount, which will be nice. Now, did they mention if the uh, old veteran wards are still going to be available? Because I know, that, like me, I that don't was have my question too. Game. That I don't think. Yeah, no, they are. that was my question too. But I'm sure that they will be. They just won't be adding any more to it. Is what I'm assuming that they'll do. Okay. But they didn't confirm one way or the other. They just said that they're not going to add any more to it, and that the new stuff will be these campaigns. And the first one is fly the Falcon Mount. Well, that makes sense, because sure. if they're going to add more to the old stuff, you'd have to be subscribed for quite a few years to be able to get them. And for new players, it's kind of daunting right now looking and seeing. Uh, so like the Wild Rose gear, you have to be subscribed for almost three years to be able to get. So that's a little bit daunting yep. for a new player to look at. A few months ago, Yoshi P mentioned uh, that in one of the live letters that they were discontinuing the... Um veteran reward system or just not adding anything new to it solely because of that like it'll be like oh yeah five (laughs) subscribe for five years like you know people that are getting into the game they're not going to be enticed by that they're going to be like oh well they're coming out with stuff for you know people that aren't me so i i I like what they're doing with this it kind of makes it yeah uh, it it definitely is a good idea yeah and it can also help with keeping subscriptions over time because if they have all these campaigns, the people who want to have everything will want to stay subscribed to be able to get the campaign rewards. They won't be able to just say, well, I'm going to take this six months off, come back then, and then do another six months and get what the veteran reward equivalent would have been. They're going to have to be subscribed during the time of the Actually, campaign to get it. What, Drez, what if this is the counterbalance to that uh, only one uh, dungeon patch? It might be now that because... I'm thinking about it that way because... This, for completionists at least, will force people to stay subscribed because they'll want to be able to get the stuff, especially if, like, if this is a 90-day thing, let's say they make it so it's only a campaign that's available for 120 days total. Then you'll have to be subscribed for at least three months of those 120 days to be able to get it. Go ahead, Joe. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. Because actually another thing occurs to me. Because you could technically just um, subscribe for 90 days, like pre, you know, here's my 90 days and then not even play. So we still have the same, you know, vacation issue. Just they're actually subscribed. Yeah. 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 At the end of the day, we might still have that issue. But it's an issue that Square Enix, I think, is willing to live with because they still get your money. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Even if you're not playing, if you have a subscription, they're still getting the money and that's still going towards development rather than just cutting off your subscription and only subscribing for even-numbered patches or raid-tier releases. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what um, happens and, with it. And the last little bit of information is we and we, we got an update on this today versus what we had before, but we had basically now what the uh, 
my little one keeps being so loud. I apologize. <laughs> so um, we have the um, incentives for moving off Gilgamesh and Balmung and very populated servers. You have that, right, Dress? Since I have my little one screaming in the background. Yeah. Um, right now, there you won't be able to create a character or transfer a character to the high population world such as Gilgamesh, Balmung. Uh, there are a few others, but they are doing incentives if you're going to transfer to new worlds or create characters on new worlds. Starting with the character creation, um, you will be getting, at least while the world is still considered a new world, all characters created there will be given double experience until level 60 and a gift of 10 silver chocobo feathers, which is or was part of the refer friend rewards, and that will be exchangeable for low to mid-level gear while you're leveling. Any character that achieves level 30 in the uh, in a, any class on a new world will get 1 million gil and 15 days of free playtime. Now, that's only limited to once per account. So, pretty much, it benefits almost every player to create an account on the new worlds simply because they'll get 15 days free playtime. If you can get to level 30 in under 15 days... You just gave yourself half a month subscription for a little bit of time. Now, the bonuses for transferring to the New Worlds are a little bit better. The transfer will be completely free of charge. And instead of the old restriction of only a couple million gil being able to be transferred, the maximum amount of gil that can be transferred is one billion gil. And that is billion with a B. You will also get ten gold chocobo feathers, which you can get mounts with that. I believe you can get one of the two-person chocobos with that, and if you get another five chocobo feathers, you'd be able to get the Twintani amount. Whoa, 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 whoa. One billion gil? Yes. That's what they give you? No, no. No, no. That is, oh. if you have, like, you can transfer with however much gil you have up to one billion. Anything over that, you will lose, but... Let's say you have 990 million gil in your account right now, and you transfer to the new server of Omega. So if you're Nazca. Yeah. Nazca. Now, even if you have housing, they're going to be helping you out with that. Um, if you're an owner of a personal house, you will get reimbursed for the full price of the estate, plus compensation of 3 million gil for non-recoverable furnishings um, if you are transferring to one of the new worlds. If you have an apartment, they'll give you the five the five hundred thousand gil that you paid for it, and a compensation of another five hundred thousand for the non recoverable furnishings. Now, if any of those push you over the one billion gil, you won't get those bonuses. But if you have a billion gil, it's really not that much to worry about in terms of those. And there's also going to be designated worlds that are lower population. You get similar bonuses there. Um, new characters get double experience to level 60 and the 10 silver chocobo feathers. And if they hit level 30 on any class, they will get 15 days of free playtime. Now that is not... You can't double that by doing on the new world and on a designated world. That 15 days from either of those options is once per service account. And the you get the same benefits if you were to transfer from a high population to one of the designated as if you made a new character. Actually, I have a question. A Would jump potions work? I don't know. Um, they don't say anything about that here. I'm going to assume that... Now, this is just my guess, but I don't 
I'm going to assume they would make it so the jump potions would not be usable on the new servers. Or if you do use them, they would probably make it so that you do not get the uh, 15 days free playtime for using it. Or the 1 million gil bonus. But using the jump potions, especially the level jump, would kind of be counterproductive because you would lose the double experience bonus because you'd hit level 60 on a class. The double experience only lasts till then, so the best way to use that would be level everything up to 59 and then push something over to 60 so that you get as much bonus out of the double experience as possible. True. Alrighty. Is there any other information in there? No, the only other thing is um, the bonuses for the designated worlds. If you have a character already on a world that's designated as low population, um, you will not get the um, double experience or the 10 silver chocobo feathers on that character, only on any new characters that you make on that server. So it really doesn't benefit anybody who's already on those servers other than being an incentive coming to make more people join their server to just boost the population. And there are going to be plans to um, accommodate transfers of entire free companies and free company housing over to these new servers and these low population servers as well. Those updates are going to come after 4.0 has been released. So pretty interesting here with what they're trying to do yep. to help balance out the population. Maybe it'll make it a little bit easier to log into servers like Gilgamesh with patch releases. Eh, we'll have to see how well it does first before we can make that guesstimate. I can hope but, and dream um, at least. Yeah. So everyone, keep your eyes out for the preliminary patch notes dropping probably sometime tomorrow since uh, we will be out of Final Fantasy until the early access starts on Friday at 5 a.m. Eastern. Uh, until then, send any questions our way uh, on Twitter at TomBerryPie uh, at XIV. You can use the hashtag PieCastXIV. Um, or you can reach me at DarkForce95. D-A-R-K-F-O-R-C-E 9-5. You can reach show at I-T-S-S-H-O-U-T-I-M-E. You can reach Boomy over at Boomy Piecast XIV. B-U-M-I underscore P-I-E-C-A-S-T XIV. Andres at D-R-E-S underscore P-I-E-C-A-S-T XIV. Until next time, or you can actually, actually, one more thing. You can also use the PyCast discussion channel. Please go ahead and uh, submit any questions or excitement in there so we can go ahead and uh, use it for our next PyCast. Yes, thanks please for tuning do. in, guys. All thanks for coming around and uh, dealing with our technical issues at the beginning because of, you know, life hates me. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys all have a wonderful day. Can't wait to see everybody in Stormblood.